I've been vibing today. I've been chilling. Uh, I cleaned the apartment. I did laundry and shit like that. What'd you do today? I know you had homework and stuff. Yeah, I had a bunch of work I had to do, and then I had to record for um, Auntie Two for Flash Hoops. I had to get this little video in because the last one I did wasn't good. And then um, I went to like, fam, you had a little like church um, kickoff for homecoming and stuff. So I've just been getting ready for homecoming and stuff. But yeah, I still got to get to cleaning my room and I clean my car too. But it's definitely one of those like maintenance days for me. It is homecoming season, which is so interesting. Like Sunil texted me last night and he was out. Uh, at Howard homecoming in DC, he was telling me he was he was he was with the gang. He was with the gang. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. I don't really get FOMO, but that moment I kind of got FOMO. I was like, damn, for like ten seconds. But I was like, yeah. Home, Howard homecoming. That's one. Like, if you don't hit it this year, well, I mean, you missed it this year. But next year, that's something to think about, like hitting, because that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, my, one of my um, my friend JT, he actually went up there because he's from Baltimore, and um, he just had to go back home for like a wedding or something, and he just decided I'm just swing by their homecoming while I'm out there, and he said it was a good time, but that one, and then we wanted to go to Clark's and Alabama State's, but it just wasn't kind of in the Alabama works this State. year. I heard theirs was real good this year. Like it was either Alabama State or Alabama A and L. One of the two had a real good one, but that and then i had a friend um she goes to texas southern i believe and um she was trying to get me to come down there because i heard theirs was okay like they didn't have as big of artists as like we're gonna have or um i know howard had some good ones too but um the ncat too ncat's another one i would love to go to ncat's bro jeez one of my friends is going to ncat this year um y'all who do y'all have y'all have uh sexy red and rob 49 so basically, um, there's going to be like club days where Rob 49 is going to be in there. Young Nudie is going to be in the club. Sexy Red's going to be in the club. But we do have um, actually at the school, we have Offset. Like he's going to be one of the people. He, I think he has his own oh. concert. But then like our main concert is um, Mariah the Scientist, Tusi, and who was the third one? Oh, Nardo Wick. <laughs> Nardo Wick. Everybody was mad about that. But okay. um yeah, yeah, we got some decent artists, but they definitely could have picked some better ones. But I think having the like the artists who are coming to the clubs to do their little pop outs and then having Offset too, I think it'll kind of even it out. Honestly, have you listened to Offset's album? Yeah, I've been bumping it. I like Offset's album. Like, I, I really like the song with Don Tolliver, and um, there's a song on there called "Don't You Lie" to I think Big Dog. All three of those, I've been bumping a lot. Like, I feel like. He was really playing around with his voice this album, and that's not something he does a lot. I feel like he kind of stays in that same triplet Migos flow that they've been using, but I feel like he was trying to get out of that, trying to try some new stuff. And I even feel like, like I said, the Don Tolliver record, I feel like was really outside of his box. Like I feel like he was really getting more melodic on there. And I think he was just kind of testing stuff, testing the waters. That's what it felt like to me. Like he was just trying stuff and trying to get outside his box, but I liked it personally. I need to give it like a proper list. I need to give it like a proper listen. I just haven't been in the, I, and I keep hearing good things about it. So I'm excited about it, but I'm just not in the, I don't know. I've started like trying to be selective when I listen to stuff. Cause if you're not in the mood for something, you might just have a different opinion on it than you normally would. Like if I'm just in the morning, like, you know what I'm saying? Lighting sage, lighting a candle, 
washing a dish and I hear offset, like that's not, it's not conducive to that environment. But uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely check it out at some point. Um, Send me your favorite records when you get a chance. But this is the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast, episode 28. I'm your host, uh, AJ Hughes. I'm here with my co-host, Antonio Hughes. Um, last episode, I was actually pretty satisfied with it, bro. I think we're, I think we're getting the hang of this. If I'm being honest, I think we're starting to figure it out. Yeah, I feel like there was less hiccups this week. Like usually, there's like a, a lighting problem, a problem with the Wi-Fi, or the delay super bad, or something like that. But I don't, I think we got it now. I think it's just routine. Yeah, it's it's starting to come around, and um, I think I'm starting to understand how to better structure the show. How about a prep for the show, structure the show so that people will get what they're actually, I think that's a big thing. It's like when you click on the episode is what I'm reading and the title and everything actually what I'm getting. I think that's important. So I want to start with the big topics and then finish with the new music. That's cool. That's fun. I won't take that long. Um, The big topic though, I think we've touched on this a couple months ago was Bad Bunny is being sued over the reggaeton rhythm, which I find kind of interesting for a couple of reasons. But we talked about this with, um, I forget who it was, I think it was Marvin Gaye's estate where we talked about a similar situation when they were being sued for the beat and stuff like that. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember that. But Mar- Marvin Gaye people be suing everybody. They come for everybody's songs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna read a little bit of this article real quick. Uh, I'm gonna call. I'm not gonna shout out Rolling Stone. I'm gonna shout out Twelve Foot. You know what I'm saying? You let me read their articles without paying Rolling Stone. So shout out to y'all. You know what I'm saying? Um, Bad Bunny lawsuit. Judge uh, concerned reggaeton. Judge concerned a reggaeton copyright claim might stifle the entire genre. A federal judge voiced on Friday that a sprawling copyright infringement lawsuit against reggaeton reggaeton superstar Bad Bunny and more than 100 other artists, including Carol G, Pitbull, Anita, Drake, and Daddy Yankee, could put a chokehold on the creativity of the genre. Um, U.S. District Judge Andre Beator Jr. declined to issue a statement immediately, uh, ruling after hearing two hours of the argument over a defense motion to dismiss uh, the high-profile case filed by Jamaican by lawyers of the Jamaican group Steely and Clee. So just to sum this up really quickly, there's a song that came out. You know how I talked about how Shaba Ranks had Dembo back in like '92, and he was the one that made the beat that went on to like eventually become the foundation of reggaeton. This group is claiming to have made that rhythm three years before that. And the rhythm is very similar to a lot of songs we've heard. I can actually play it really fast. I can actually, I'm not gonna play it for you. I'll, uh, we'll put it in the, in the episode so they can hear it. But it's a basic reggaeton beat, like the basic, the most basic beat. But it came out in 1989. And as I started reading about it, the song is called Fish Market. I found that they had been suing like each individual artist every time it came out when the song got big. So they'd sued Luis Fonzi and Daddy Yankee for Despacito five years ago. And I found an article basically putting the sheet music of the two records next to each other. And the only similarity between the songs is the kick and the snare, which is just the basic beat. Despacito is a completely different song otherwise than that. And I just wanted to lead with saying like, as we said on this prior, like how much of a beat can you really claim and call yours? Like if it's just the kick and the snare, it's just the one, two, it's just the rhythm. 
It's like, how can you claim that you were the first person to do that? And the defense's claim is that uh, Bad Bunny's lawyers and everybody else's lawyers is just saying that that beat and rhythm has probably been around for centuries. So it's like, how do you claim that? And how do you put that in court? But if they win this, then so many songs end up getting copyright claimed, like Despacito. And then they listed off the Bad Bunny songs that they're coming after, which was Tite Me Pregunto, Un Ratio, and Una Vez. And then they had some other ones that they said it was also listed in, but those are the main three. I, I feel like it's kind of hard to... This is this is gonna stifle creativity a lot, but I feel like they can't really give this argument credence because you would have to go back and copyright like a lot of music past just reggaeton. Like I feel like a lot of people get inspiration from other artists and create their styles off of what they've heard previously. So it's like yeah, especially with it being like this small part of it. If it was like an entire song, like you could say, oh they're completely biting this specific song over and over and over again, like they do with Marvin Gaye. Cause I feel like that's where Marvin Gaye's case is a lot different. Like a lot of the songs you hear, they're direct, like copies almost just different pitches or like maybe like a different speed, but you can clearly hear it. Versus like, if it's just like, oh, a drum pattern, oh, this this little note right here. Like, I feel like you can't, it's, it's kind of hard. Even in the article it said, it says, what's the end game? I feel like, where would you be able to stop with this? Like, where would you be able to, cut it at that point i agree i agree i think um it is to me it's like when i when i first read the bad bunny article and i started like looking for the i went on who sampled to see like where the credits were and stuff like that and then i found all the other articles of him like suing other individuals using reggaeton beats and i'm like bro do you know how many people use reggaeton beats so i also think this is no pun intended fishing because the song's called fish market no pun intended but um, yeah, I hope this doesn't go anywhere because I love reggaeton, but I just thought that was interesting because you can't claim a beat, uh, period, point blank period. So, Well, I mean, okay. you can kind of claim a beat. Hold on, hold on. You can kind of claim a beat. Like I said, if it's like the Marvin Gaye thing where it sounds like direct copies, then yeah, like you can go in there and be on that. But I feel like when it's something this small, this minuscule, it's, it should be like that. Right. You're right. You're right. I get Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, what else did I? Oh, the super fan store. This is something very brief, but something I wanted to mention because I feel like we talked about some stuff related to this. Uh, Universal Music Group, the world's largest music rights holder, just opened a new concept retail store in Japan that says it would be dedicated to super music, to supporting music super fans. Um, Japanese music fans are globally known for their dedicated fandom, and this store will only help to strengthen the connection between our artists and our fans. Um, let's see. Universal also says that it will offer a platform for artists to express their creative vision and share this with their fans through exciting, original, bespoke programs of activities. Additionally, launched inside the new superstore, the superstar is RS Number Nine Harajuku flagship store, described as a brand born RS Number Nine. Yada yada yada. Um, it will sell apparel, merchandise, and host exclusive collaborations both in store and online. The only reason I find this interesting is because um, there's a couple of creators I follow who are into K-pop. I'm not into K-pop, but they're into K-pop and I like hearing them talk about it. And they talk about how music fans in that part of the world are 10 years ahead of where we are and how they interact with them. And I've mentioned on here last week, like Hive and things of that nature. 
And I think that this is something that is inevitable. I've talked about like in the first early, early couple of episodes that like, I think, and this is just a bigger economic thing, like the fact that uh, retail spaces in general are on the decline. You think about how many malls go out of business, how many stores, foot lockers and stuff like that. There's just so many open commercial spaces that you have to become innovative with new types of businesses and stuff like that. And I think it behooves music, uh, like artists and labels and stuff like that to not take advantage of this. Because if your favorite artist is popping up in your favorite city at this store and you have access to it, like the top percent of fans is going to go and they're going to spend money. I would do it. I think this would be a good idea in America too. I mean, like I said, the people from BTS, they're super fans. When I went to Lala that one year, I was trying to go see, um, I don't even remember who was on the other stage. It might've been Rolling Stones at the time actually, but, um, uh, what's the guy's name? J-Hope was on the other stage and all of his fans had this little light that corresponded with like the song and like the beat, different beats in the song, like different parts. And it would light up different colors when he was going throughout his set. And it was just the way that they were sitting there and connecting with their favorite artists. It was something that had them all connected as like we're under this one umbrella. We're all super fans of this guy. So I feel like it's definitely something that would work here because I saw I saw it work. I saw something like it work, like especially if it's if it's in K-pop specifically, you can tell there's a big like big market for it over here. So. We'll keep an eye on that. But new music, like what are you listening to right now? Like what came out this weekend that you're listening to? Like in, just in general, it doesn't have to be what's on this list. But what's what's in your headphones right now? Uh, if I'm being honest, I didn't listen to a lot this weekend. Like I didn't see a lot come out. Um, so I didn't have a lot that I even listened to. I wanted to find something, but wasn't much. I was still kind of just going back through the Bad Bunny project for sure. And the Offset project, that's been like heavy in my rotation. But I didn't even know, like I didn't even know Rex had dropped. If I would have known he had dropped, that's probably what I would have been listening to all weekend. Like all honesty. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, shout out to the uh, the producer of Mr. October on uh I'm bad bunny. He DM'd me. He said he heard it. He said he heard us talk about it. He's like, at least you liked my song. <laughs> that's that was crazy. But um, yeah, man, Rex Live Raj probably dropped my most listened to project this weekend. Um, California Poppy Three. Uh, I like this series better than um, he has another series that I I'm forgetting the name of right now. But this is my favorite series by Rex Life and. The rapping on here is really crazy. If you're looking for bars, I think this is where you find it. Um, couple couple takeaways from it off the first couple listens. Dame Doll is rapping like the rent is due. I said this before, I'll say it again. He he outraps Rex Life Raj on the trap that they have called Hook Mitchell. And he had like, and it's so crazy because how many rappers today are rapping to where you gotta rewind it back and re-listen to the bar to make sure you heard it right? There's not many. And Dame had like two or three of those on that verse. And I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not just gassing him because, you know, I think people like don't look at him as a rapper because he's a basketball player too, but he's actually better than a lot of rappers out here, for being honest. And then um, the other verse that stood out to me was La Russell. La Russell's verse was real fire too. They had a song called Whirlwind and I really liked it. Um, but the project's just good top to bottom. It's, I think it's around 30 minutes or something like that, 10 songs. It's not that long. Um, but yeah, that and then the last two projects I'll quickly go through. Um, Obsidian by Naomi Sharon. Uh, she signed to OVO Sound. And 
Um, I was just giving it a listen because it's Drake, it's Drake's label. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like he put out some something capable, and this make this album makes sense on OVO so much just because I know that Drake is such a big Sade fan. You know what I'm saying? He has two Sade tattoos, which is a little weird, but he does um, love the music clearly because this album sounds like a modern version of Sade. You know what I'm saying? It has a lot of like Afrobeat rhythms on it. Omale is on this project. I think he's the only feature, if I'm uh, being honest. Let me let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. I think he is though. Um. No, I lied. There's somebody named Bu Knox on here as well on track 12. But it's 13 songs. It's uh, 41 minutes. And it's really good. It's really good. I listened to it this morning and I was actually surprised because I didn't know who she was. Uh, my favorite songs on here are the intro track, Definition of Love, and then Hills, uh, which is the outro. Um, and then the last one, which I think if out of these three, if you're looking for something just like on a vibe, um, I Left My Heart and Ladera by Terrace Martin, Alex Isley. Uh, that one's not that long either. It's like a soul R&B type of album. Um, I, you know, when you're listening to a project and it's like, usually I let it run. And if I like it, I like the song, I'll go back and hit like and add it to my likes. I, I essentially added three through nine. There's nine songs. Um, it's nine songs in 31 minutes. And one thing I miss about music and one thing I love about it when you find it, especially Terrence Martin's music, is the fact that like there's little subtleties in the back of the production that only like music lovers will catch or really like acknowledge and appreciate. Like there was a couple of horns throughout here and a couple of synths where it's like it's very subtle, but it just adds to the whole cohesion of the song. You know what I mean? It complements the singer's voice in a way I love. Uh but yeah, bro, it's a, it was a big vibe. Like those last two projects, even the first one, you know what I mean? Like those three projects are honestly just a vibe. So those are three projects where if you're just looking for something to throw on while you're chilling, I would I would look into those for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely, I, if I would have known, like I said about Rex, I would have been on that. Like I would have been listening to that since Friday. But that Terrence Martin project too, I'm definitely interested in because his last one, um, wasn't that the one, the dinner table with... Uh, it was like enigmatic party or something like that. It was what well, that album. I really like that one, and I definitely am gonna turn all three of these on to be honest. Especially the, especially that Rex Life Raj album. I want to hear that the Russell verse, but man, I wish I would have known. Yeah, bro. I'm glad I was waiting for them to collab, and I feel like I understand what La Russell is doing, bro. But I want to see La Russell rap with more like rapper rap. Like I want to see more like collaborations with him like i want to see him rap with like my favorite rappers like I, this verse i'm actually really excited about you know what i'm saying like this song will be on repeat yeah yeah i feel like he's just kind of on his own thing right now like he's almost doing like really close to the rust thing where he's just sitting there putting out a bunch of product and focus on like just him and it's just gonna take him a while to get outside that box to really try stuff for other people but we see like when they do that it always it always goes well like it always sounds good it's always good music yeah, he put out a he put out a video on his Instagram the other day, and this will be the last thing I said on Will Russell. But he put a video out on his Instagram the other day um, where he was at a, a show, and one, somebody in the crowd asked him if he was going to sign with Def Jam, and he said that he doesn't know yet, but he's really thinking about it um, because it makes sense for where he's at in his career, and like now that he has the catalog and the following and the fan base and stuff like that, 
And when he said the video, like it clicked to me, like like he actually is doing it like Russ was. He was just in a different position. Like when we found out about LaRussell, he only had out a couple projects. When we found out about Russ, he had the whole like 11 bodies of work prior. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think he's now at this point, he's got like twice as much work. And now he has the label still on. He's almost at a million followers on Instagram, all independent. He's made a ton of money. Like my thing is if you built your distribution channels to a place where people are already looking for you as an independent, when you go into that deal with the label, like you have so much leverage that like Russ got, whether or not Russ wants to say it, Russ got bigger from the time he put out uh, There's Really a Wolf to um, the Shake the Snow Globe. Those were the three albums that were on the project. Like all three of those definitely increased his visibility. And then he went back independent. So I think it would make sense to increase his global presence if he's trying to be that type of rapper. And I think he's that good too. So at being the guy who loves an independent type of deal or an independent artist, just for the support, I would get if he did this. Yeah, I feel like it would make a lot of sense. Like, I feel like you can't do everything on your own. And as much as it's like, yeah, you should be trying to be a artist on your own, no label. Like, you should be able to do it on your own for a while. There comes a time where you should be able to outsource some of those things and be able to get more of a support. Because like we said last week, it takes some of the stress off when you can just sit there and worry about how does the music sound and how am I rapping, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it for this week. Um, do you have a song you want to recommend to the people? Also, and this is interesting, I found out like the way you can structure playlists on Spotify, and I might have mentioned this before, but never actually explored it. Like you can add the songs in to the actual show episode on Spotify. And so I'm going to play around with that this week. You know what I'm saying? So like when we recommend songs or we mention songs, we might be able to put the actual song in the episode without you having to do any editing. Like when you just send it to me, I just like chop it up and put it in there. So I'm gonna try that with the these two end of the songs because it's at okay. the end of the video. But do you have a song for us this week? Can you go first? Yes, I can. I can go first. I've been ready. Um and this is yo, I like using this platform to like announce to people when I want to talk to them. Um, Ice Beat Slide, my boy. I don't know where you live at in South Africa. I don't know where you making them beats at, my brother. But these beats are fire. Um, Tamati Net Sikwa, don't know what that means. Have no idea. But that beat, my brother, I was out at the nature preserve hitting a Dougie on the nature trail, my bro. Um, but yeah, Tama Tamati Net Tamati Net Sikwa by Ice Beat Slide. And Spuda my leather, my leather fire. That's my song this week. All right, y'all. Episode twenty-eight. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like. I'm excited, bro. I keep saying it at the end. I'm excited about where we going. Um, last week I tried to. I didn't end with something fucking crazy, but I will say this week something I thought about. Um, I want to tell this story. Really, it's probably gonna take me a minute to say. But were you at the game? I scored thirty. I scored 38 in high school. I came in late because I was playing that day too, remember? I was I was on the other court. Do you know Wait, no, do you no, know I'm how right. that yeah. do you know I don't know if I told you about how that like that that wasn't an accident on who I who I did it on. I don't know if you remember, but my sophomore year of high school, 
um, we played Plainfield East again. That's what we were playing. And there was this guy named Vinny. I don't remember his last name, and I don't want to give him credit if I remembered his last name. But Vinny, he came down, and I'm not. I'm. He got me, bro. He went. He drove to the basket. He did one of those between between the leg snatchbacks, the James Harden joints, and he, you know, used that off on. He got me off, and I did the splits. I did the splits, and it's on huddle somewhere, and I got clowned on the team for. Was that fresh? No, no, no. That was freshman year. That was freshman year. And I got clowned on the team for like weeks, bro. Everybody kept bringing it into the locker room, showing me like, bro, he got your ass. And I'm like, yeah, he did get me. But one day it's going to be another. And so eventually as a freshman year go by, sophomore year go by, I get over it. But Trevor Ross, shout out to that dude. I remember he told me, he was like, hey, yo, Vinny said, this was, we about to play them again, and I was on varsity. He was like, hey, yo, Vinny said he about to have 40 on you. He about to bust your ass. And I don't know, like, that shit where it's like, I took that shit personally. I actually took that personal when he said that. And this was in the morning. So I had all day to get hyped. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't care what, what Samansky got uh, drawn up. I don't care what he about to say to me, bro. I'm going to go out here and ball out. Nigga. 38 points, eight threes, the game winner, 12 free throws on Vinny, on Vinny head. But I say that to say, whether or not I like to admit it, because, you know, they always say, you know, your best, your only competition is yourself. You know what I'm saying? You want to just be better than you were yesterday. But in all reality, I do better with an opponent. I do better with a villain. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I have found my villain in real life. I found him. I found him. He's super close. You actually know him. I'm not going to say his name on here, but he'll figure it out. Um, and in this, I'm starting to figure out like who the opposition of, and you don't even, and the thing is like the good thing about it is you don't have to give them credit. You don't have to acknowledge them in the work you're doing. You just have to do the work in opposite, like just look at them and use it as motivation. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I have found those things in my life in this thing. And it sort of centered me. And I feel like I'm, you know, just a brick a day. I feel like it's helping. But that's all I wanted to end on. You know what I'm saying? You want anything to tell to the people before I end this? Uh, you know me. I'm always going to say make sure you like, subscribe, share with your mama, your grandma, your brother, you know, your whole family, all your friends. Do what you can and have a good week. That's all I'm going to say. All right, man. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, Tune in. You know what I'm saying? Tune in.